Mr. Grow It from the Stash Podcast. Hey, what's up, guys? Do you want to get your hands on the latest From the Stash merch? Check the links below, get the From the Stash store, and go check to see the latest drop. We appreciate all the support, as always, and we will check you in the next epi. Thanks to AEC Infinity for sponsoring this episode. They have the best grow tent kits on the market today. You get their ion board LED grow light, their grow tent, their ventilation system, clip-on fan, and their controller 69 to control it all. You also get their fabric pots, a trellis net, plant ties, and trimmers. Definitely a good price for all that you get in the kit. I'll have a link in the description section below so you can learn more about these Grow Tank kits and the discount code THESTASH15 works on both Amazon and their website, acinfinity.com. We got a good one here for you today. Um, we're going to be discussing THC. Yeah. And is it all about the hype? Does it really matter? Or is there some value in understanding the numbers behind what you're looking at on a bag of weed? Um, Rob, you want to start this one off? Yeah, man, I feel like this was when I first started growing. My biggest determining factor when I ordered the beaneries was always, always name that I knew, THC percentage, as if that's going to be guaranteed when you order it, right? Because, you know, that just always is the same with all genetics. Phenotypes don't matter. And a lot of times when people end up doing this, they shoot themselves in the foot. Because if you're hunting for one chemical out of all of them, sometimes you're sacrificing other ones. You know, there is some science behind the entourage effect, which is essentially how all the cannabinoids work together um, congruently to give you a single effect. And it's going to vary per person. But focusing just on that THC has never worked for me. I feel like the higher THC for me personally, I get more anxiety. I get tense. I don't get a good effect that I'm looking for. But then when that's your determining factor, and that's all you know, it doesn't matter if you're a consumer or a grower or both, it could hinder your performance because something that's great that's at a lower end THC, you may never even want to consider getting because it's 19, 18% versus one that's 28 to 30%. That's just, yeah. You know, do you guys ever deal with uh, THC being a determining factor for you? Uh, I mean, not so much. Back in the day, yes. I mean, that's all we really knew about. Um, but but taking a step back, uh, it just I know we, we have some new consumers here on there. So THC, what is that? That's a, a cannabinoid, right? So the plant that we all know and love produces between 80 to 100 cannabinoids. Some sources are going to say over 100 cannabinoids. Depends on what source you're looking for. But 80 to 100 cannabinoids. Now we're talking about THC. Delta 9 THC is, is, is what we're referring to here. I believe it's actually THCA. But there's also, again, 80 to 100 other cannabinoids that People don't talk about as much, right? Delta-8 THC is something you hear about uh, in the recent years. CBD blew up, right? 2018, I think the farm bill passed with, with CBD. CBN, which is a degraded form of THC. You've got HHC, THCO, THCP, CBG, CBC. The list goes on. And uh, you know, like Rob had said, it's not just all about Delta 9 THC. There's there's so many different cannabinoids out there and they're going to give you a wide variety of effects. And we're not even like close to researching these cannabinoids, right? Like a lot of these things like THC, THCO, like we're just hearing about them in the past year or two. And that's because research is starting to come out. We're finding out that they're psychoactive. We're finding out that alone, they produce a psychoactive effect, similar or even greater potency than THC. Um, so there's really a lot of information about it. We're we're 
a very long way away from researching everything and finding out, uh, you know, beyond that. But there's cannabinoids and there's terpenes and flavonoids, which I'm sure we'll get into. But yeah, that's, that's you know, a cannabinoid, Delta 9 THC. That was what the focus was for many, many years. And now there's way more cannabinoids out there that are being researched, talked about. And individual products are actually being created for like HHC, for example. There's individual products that people sell that you can buy legally and consume and get that psychoactive effect. So it's way beyond THC. Like we're we're beyond that by now. Now, yeah. real real quick, I would love to say that yeah, we are beyond that. But in a in a, in a marketing aspect, no, the average consumer is not past THC and CBD. I do kind of want to. I, I kind of want to just go back for a second. There is a common misconception about CBD being non-psychoactive. That in its definition is incorrect. CBD is psychoactive. It is not intoxicating or, in, or, or uh, euphoric in the way that THC is. To be psychoactive, it has to have an effect on your psyche or on your, 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 your biological or chemical makeup. But CBD does just that. It has an effect on your chemical makeup. So it is psychoactive. Um, it's just a, miscommon, it's a, it's a misconception that because it doesn't get you high, it's not psychoactive. That, that, that's incorrect. Um, but what I, what I do believe is like we only found out that THC is the, 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 the part that gets you high relatively not that long ago i'm gonna argue it was either in the late 70s or in the 80s that we identified uh what it was that had that psychoactive or that that euphoric effect and then once we did that then in came the cups you know where we essentially started to rate things based off of thc um, and then people raced to try to produce the most thc in a plant and uh, I think by that, we essentially just ran with it, you know, um, with what we knew. And then inherently, you know, science was um, un, uh, it was prohibited. You weren't able to practice or, or um, um, research in a way that would allow us to answer questions on to what else was affecting our, our um our effects anyways, or, our, or the impact, what else, what, what else, what other variables are impacting what we're feeling? So because of that, you are, you are essentially selling THC to the people and people are buying it. I got the pasties like a moment. You're good. You're good. And it stops you from saying that see where that's going to get a shutdown over. On the oh, team. I said it how many times? <laughs> Thankfully <laughs> like we have an editor. Row, just bing, bing, bing. Dang it. Dang it. And I remember <laughs> when we first started this, I, I had this problem. But, uh, <laughs> but, but it's, I, it's, so true, it's though, only man, because of saying, marketing like, then that has it, it, it continuously uh, promoted that, that idea well, that THC is king. But you look at products that are made from something like a distillate, right? That strips all of the other properties out and it's just the THC. How does it still give you the effect? That's the thing I wonder. Does it, it has to be bound to something. It has to be put into a product, of course. But you can still get lit. But I notice if you have a product that's from a distillate versus one that's from a full spectrum or from the plant itself, the effect is lethargic or else it's anxiety ridden. But it's a totally different narcotic type of effect where people be like, man, I almost hallucinate from the edibles. It's like, yeah, because you're kind of having different stuff. You're not necessarily having the real plant. You're having something that's been refined and hyper activated, so to speak. So you're getting what's not natural to the plant and it's just jammed in your throat 
or in your body. And and that's where like having that full experience with the entourage effect, I feel like is where you get that good experience. Somebody will say like uh, they want a rosin gummy versus, uh, you know, distillate. I think for a reason, I think it's valid too, because you're going to get the properties that you're looking for from the plant, whether it be through combustion or through eating it or whatever application you want versus something that's just stripped down to THC. So I think there's got to be a focus on a balance, but the marketing right now is, you know, pretty product. It's got to be the prettiest it can be and the highest THC. And it's just, it's a logical fallacy because that's what people think drives the best experience. It just doesn't, it doesn't equate to a good experience per se. Yep. I, yeah, I, I totally agree. And trying to educate new people or new consumers that it's not about THC and it, it just THC is very difficult. Is very difficult because particularly when you go to a, excuse me, a store and you go to purchase a bag or a bottle or a jar, wherever you're from, it, it only has two numbers on there. Now they are getting better. It is getting better. Now I know I, I went to a dispensary. Now they're putting like terpene percentage on there as well. Uh, 6%, 3%, something like that. And then they try to break down the terpenes, which is, is, is great. But again, it's, it doesn't go far enough to explain how come I can get a product that's 12% THC, 3% CBD, and another product that's 12% THC and 3% CBD, but they're so different. They're so different. It's it, it, on paper, it would be exactly the same. You know, but why are they so different? And I think that's a good example of why it's more than just the THC, you know, that, that plays into that terpenes. It's major. Like, why do I only see THC and CBD on this when it's harvested, when it's tested, all these things like that? Like, that's kind of cool. But how does it help the consumer? Now, most consumers, when they go into these, these dis, you know, dispos or places that they can actually purchase from legally, it's got a big again a logical fallacy that it's old if it's been harvested a while ago not cured right it's old one and the high thc is the focus i just feel like it's it's the duty of the growers the companies and all of us who are in another level in terms of like uh, above the line type people to be able to push this down so everybody sees this so they realize that this is exactly what it is like when i go into a place and i see indica sativa and hybrid and i'm like whoa, whoa whoa science is saying otherwise playboy why does your thing, and how does a gummy made from distillate have terpenes, right? Or have indica, sativa, like it doesn't make any sense. How, how is that a thing? But yet you see it across the board from here to California. There'll be gummies made with distillate that'll claim to be indica, sativa, or hybrid. How? When you stripped every other property out of there besides THC. There's no THC, indica, THC, sativa. So uh, the market is stupid, unfortunately, and a lot of the people in it just don't consume product and they go based on what another state does and what another company does. So if we were forced, which the regulating powers don't consume the product either, never will, never have, they just say, well, THC and CBD. And it's like, these are almost irrelevant. Like it's damn near irrelevant compared to the things that really matter, the properties in terms of the terpenes and the flavonoids and all of the cannabinoids. Like, why are we being lied to? And then the consumers who don't grow, who never get to appreciate the plant, and when they order a sativa plant and it's not having these thin sativa leaves, they're like, huh, weird. And then you start to realize that maybe this isn't real. Maybe this is a logical fallacy that's being pushed across the market from here to, to different countries that for some reason isn't being changed. And it's because the determining factor, THC, looks, price. You know, it's fucked. I know it's going to vary state by state, and my state's a little bit different than what you're explaining for your state, Rob. So uh, I'm in Nevada, and they actually do 
they actually are required to list both the, I'm not sure if it's the top five cannabinoids, but the main cannabinoids it lists, but also lists the, the terpenes as well. So the plant that we all know and love produces more than 150 terpenes. Uh, and, and that's a focus for a lot of people, right? There's myrcene, beta carophylline, beta pinene, humulene, limonene. Uh, those are kind of some main ones, but there's 150 of those as well. And that's going to, you know, the, the taste, smell, all that stuff is impacted by the the terpenes. And so that's another reason why THC isn't the only thing that matters, right? There's cannabinoids, there's also terpenes, flavonoids. Like there's much more to it than that. But in my state, what I'm trying to get at is that does require you to list the terpenes, which I think is very beneficial. And unfortunately, I agree with you that in my state, the dispensaries, you go in there, they're still promoting just THC. You know, what's the THC percentage? What's the CBD percentage? Those are still the two main things. But on the actual packaging, once you get it, it lists other things as well. So I definitely think there's a, a lack of knowledge, you know, amongst the, the general community on, on what is important. You know, a lot of new consumers in particular think it's just about THC, but that's again, so far from the case. Well, they'll so say you- they've got the best shit because of THC. Like in Michigan, people are in the 30% club. And if you're not in there, your wheat's boof. It's like, have you smoked that shit? Have you tried any of that high THC stuff you're bragging about that has no flavor yeah. whatsoever? I, as someone who loves a high THC, I really do. Uh, I can say I've had a harder hitting 15% THC than I have from a 30% THC. Uh, I've had I've had really high THCs just really just sit heavy. They're just heavy highs. They'll just really just weigh on you rather than motivate you or inspire to create and com- converse, you know. Um, but, you know, I, I've honestly believed, and this is kind of a bit of a segue personally, that in 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 many facts in many ways that you can't have high th- cbd and high thc there's some there's some cannabinoids and terpenes that come at a cost of higher thc in in my opinion you know just as a grower i know that the transformation of a trichome happens degradation occurs and you have a you have a a, a move from cbd to or sorry thc to cbn to cbd and that progression and in in uh, uh, other 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 orders can can have an impact on your plant. So if you're going to have a 36% THC, can almost guarantee there's almost 0% CBD because it's so high. But if it if it comes at the cost of CBD, what else? What else was was compromised or or expended to get you to that 30% or that I have a I have a 36% over here which I think is a little ludicrous, but again, what came at the cost of such a high THC? But then, so I guess I, I'm a two-part question. How do we change so the focus is not on THC and CBD? As a grower, I can, I can appreciate a, multi, a, 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 you know, a, a platter, if you will, of cannabinoids and, and, and terpenes. I, I smell them as soon as it comes out of that tent. Woof! And I love them and I can identify the different ones and, and appreciate what some effects have and when, what's, what doesn't. How do we get that to a consumer? I think as our pricing, you know, not in Nevada, but in Michigan, in Oregon at least, as the pricing becomes more affordable where somebody can try to multiple kinds without spending their entire paycheck, I think that's when it's going to be more available. You got to think about it. If you're spending 50 to $60 at the dispo on your eighth or you're spending... 300 
on a pack of beans and that's all your money and this is what you have this is kind of what you know so if you're able to dabble and try different ones you're like man this one gave me this very different unique effect that i fucking loved as with this other one eh, it was i smoked it it was good you don't know if things are better until you have better you know what i'm saying and that's the big thing is a lot of the community only has, has had what they have access to and as the access opens up more for more people and there's more growers who are able to grow and try different things and there's more people who have dispensaries that are affordable well, then I think they're going to be able to try different products and figure out what they like. For now, they're being force-fed what the plug has. And that's what you get, you know? You never call and say, well, what, what do you have right now? At least back in, in my day, when I had them, I wasn't like, what, what do you got? Usually, you got some fire? It's either yeah. good or not. That's yeah. the, you know. THC, THC didn't sell a bag back in no. the day. Because I no, who was testing it, THC. Looking at it saying, yeah, oh. my buddy was like, put your nose in here. I'd be like, okay. And it was like, oh, oh, that's going to be good. You know, and, and did it always mean it was good? No, but typically you can associate strong uh, uh, terpenes and flavonoids to, you know, potentially strong cannabinoids as well. You know, um, that's that's that connection we've been making. But our market doesn't allow for that. In Canada, I don't have what any of you guys have. So it's like we only have the it'll differ from dispensary to dispensary in terms of what else they're going to put on the, the bag slowly people are starting to add terpene profiles but that's generally not seen in, in in any manner because people are going in for a thc they're running on names man they want the girl scout cookies they want to have the uh you know the strawberry coughs they want to have you know the green cracks you know they they don't know much more otherwise because there's there's just no desire instagram doesn't help you know what i mean like instagram that weed who knows if it's any good you know, I've we've smoked I've we've smoked a lot of weed in a different lots of parts of di different country, and you know I the the pretty weed isn't always that great. You know, and and again, when you're doing a post, what do you post about your the 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 can the the Instagram weed THC CBD? You could li list the the cannabinoids, but Dude. like that's how Dank Deezer Booth started for Unsealed TV. If anyone's not familiar. Uh, it's a, a show that Trey and I would just go and wink. We go to different dispos and we try the most popular stuff. And most times it was the prettiest stuff with the highest THC is what people were like, this is what you should get. No joke. And coincidentally, I'm working with the company now, but we did not find one good one until we stumbled on Franklin Fields. And the first one we got was a boof. It was a high testing THC that was super pretty with no terps, no flavonoid, no nothing, just mild as fuck. But then we tried the lemon G and the pink cookie. And I was like, oh, 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 oh. And they were lower in THC in comparison. They weren't quite as pretty, still pretty, but man, just hitter. And I think we, we spent money. We didn't have anybody paying for it. wasn't getting it for free. But it, it really opened up my eyes to the variety of stuff that's out there that's popular that the consumer is having that really is not up to par with what the homegrown world has. And I'm like, man, for those of you who were in states or, or province or wherever, if you ever had a time where caregivers were able to supply the dispensaries, that's when it was the best. That's when at one point people would say Dispo Bud is the best. Now it's Dispo's the worst. It's crazy how it flip flop. People would drive from my side of the state, which is all the way west side, all the way to Detroit to go pick up some, you know, $250 Aziz stuff that was pretty good, but you can get it right next door. But the perception was it was the best because it came from the Dispo. So it's, it's really crazy how that's totally changed. And now yeah, it's the polar opposite. And now I'd say it's starting to change again. You know, like uh, talking to guys in Vegas, a lot of dispensary owners that are so freaking passionate, you know, shout out to Chris from Swank Genetics. You know, these are guys that are so motivated to change the game with good 
quality weed. Like that's the underlining point of his conversation. This is a guy that smokes weed. This is a guy that's probably, I'm in no position to say, but has probably moved it a few times in his day before, you know, um, in the legacy market, if you will, uh, allegedly, I'm, I'm just saying, these are the people that should be taking a hold of this market. These are the people that have already shown that not only can they establish, they can maintain, and then they can upgrade a, 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 a market system, a consumer system. It's, it's just illegal that or was illegal. That's the only downside. So it's, it, it, again, I, I, I do see that this flip is happening again, where I do believe dispensary weed will have something to offer, you know, when it comes to a real product. It's just, you know, I, it's kind of like the evolution of the alcohol, you know, I'm sure during the bootlegging days, it was, it was okay, but it wasn't perfect in terms of uh, maybe quality and, you know, what was being contaminated, it was maybe contaminated with versus what they're doing today with, with massive plants that are doing very, you know, very effective, very efficient processes with quality assurance and so on and so forth. We're getting to that. I believe that. I believe that. But the problem as a home grower, again, and we're, we're getting too far away, is that there's too many stages. I like going from the plant to my shelf rather than well, from my plant to a distribution center, to a packaging center, to a shelf, to my home. Well, where we dove into this, you know, of, of basically touching on how the home grow community has already been hip to this shit. We've already known that THC is not the driving factor, but the newer consumers and newer growers will still dive into that when getting their beans, looking for genetics in general, period, because it's a logical fallacy that that's the determining factor for quality is to be able to have purple, pretty stuff, tons of trichomes and high THC. And that's where you can brag online because nobody could smell or, or taste or smoke your product on the Internet. But you sure as hell can throw the dick around on, on Instagram if you got that type of stuff, you know, so it's like. It's hard, man. And then again, you flip on the other side of going into the dispensaries for the consumers who can't grow. You've got people who have great branding and shit product or shit branding and great product. Like that's in the meeting in the middle is tough. You know, it's, it's hard to find that. And then a lot of those companies who got the great product, it may cost a little bit more because they're willing to grow something that yields less, but it's super high quality as where the other ones aren't sacrificing it. They're like, I don't give a fuck. It's cash crap. I want a yielder, high THC, pretty done. Boom. But that's not what we want. And that's why home growers in the caregiver days, we would still look for stuff that yield more, but we just put more plants in the space or we train it better or we do something to try to get more yield from that dank. We wouldn't just sacrifice the quality for the quantity and for the THC percentage. And, and I don't know anybody in my space who was ever testing their THC. Only once we were going in to, to deal with dispensaries. And that's where you had to, to be able to come with testing. But it's like... It's only in this space of people who don't smoke weed who need some sort of number to determine their testing results. And I've had buddies who've gotten into this, the commercial space, I'm in it myself, who literally, they'll be like, yeah, but this one tests at this point. And I'm like, really, dog? You give, why are you even saying that? Like, what happened to you? We've never talked about how high the THC tests when we just both agreed the weed sucked. But the market will pay more money. That's the problem. The bud tenders, or not the bud tenders, the buyers at these places will pay more money. So it's like, it's a necessary evil in this space right now. It's weird. Yeah, we do have a lot of home growers here that uh, that are tuned in, that that tune into this podcast, and they grow their own. And um, you know, one thing that we've learned is that the cannabinoid and terpene profile does change over time, and storage conditions has a big impact. So I kind of want to get into that here for a few minutes, um, since it is very important. Um, so first of all, you know, light. 
light and temperature is going to can degrade your final product. If you take bud and put it into a 60 degree in darkness versus bud that's in 70 degrees in light, you'll see clearly the bud that's in the 70 degree in light will be brown faster within the matter of three to six months versus the product that has been stored properly in the right temperature and in darkness. Um, now, in terpenes in particular, something I learned quite recently, which I thought was, was super interesting. I learned this over at Utah State University. For those that don't know, I'm enrolled in there. Uh, I enrolled in there last year, completed the course. Now I'm re-enrolled this year and they have new information. And some of it's on terpene synthesis. So all terpenes that are produced in the plant that we all know and love are built off a five carbon building block. And that building block is called isopentanol pyrophosphate, IPP for short. That five carbon building block can actually connect to another five carbon building block to create 10 carbons called geranol pyrophosphate. I'm reading off this uh, off the piece of paper here, so I uh, might be butchering it a little bit. So I'm smart too. Uh, anyways, there's also a 15 carbon building block that that consists of three connected five carbon building blocks called furanosol pyrophosphate. Again, butchering that. But what I'm trying to get at here is these five carbon terpenes. And I don't have a list of these terpenes. You can Google it to find out what terpenes a five carbon block versus 10 carbon block versus 15 carbon block. But they're much more volatile than 15 carbon terpenes. So knowing that information... Uh, having the mass be higher with the f- 15 carbon terpenes, it makes them less volatile. So if you are improperly storing your bud, you're losing some of the terpenes that are five carbon building blocks. And some of them you'll, you'll notice is, is, is being conserved due to tor- storage temperatures. So if you were to test it right after harvest, and then months later, you retest it again, you could see that other terpenes are more dominant. 15 carbon terpenes are 15... Blah, blah, 15 carbon building block terpenes are more dominant than the five carbon building block terpenes. So figured I'd mention that. Uh, I actually just got a canatrol. Uh, I'm not sure if you guys heard of that. It's the, basically the storage. It looks like a little mini fridge. Oh, yeah. 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 You got it? You got, you got it? I got one of those. Yeah, haven't, I haven't, I I just, just got delivered. So Sweet. this is a freaking game changer, and I'm not going to sit here and promote it. I'm not sponsored by them or anything, although... I'd like to work out a sponsorship with them, but this is basically kind of a game changer for us home growers because literally you harvest the plant, put it into this and it's hands off from there. You literally have a control for drying. And then I think there's a separate control for curing. So you no longer have to have a drying tent with, for for me, a humidifier because my, my, or dehumidifier, uh, airflow, none of that even exists anymore. It's, It's like a super big game changer. They have testing, which shows that their terpenes and cannabinoids are being conserved using this. So I think I'd mention that we've, we've, we're still learning. There's still so much more to know about this stuff, but uh, storage is a huge, huge thing that I think a lot of people, uh, it's overlooked a lot. Yeah, totally, massively. Totally well, and even harvesting style, like I'm in a commercial space now and like I see it and it frustrates me. We treat every cultivar the same for harvesting and drying when some require more or less time they just do a prime example is when i grew headbanger that was always drier quicker and always cured quicker so if i treated it the same way as others that the volatility of those terpenes are going to be dissipating i'm going to you know why would i want to do that knowing that's the way this cultivar grows in the commercial space a lot of places look at plant a and plant b as all plant letters and they're just the fucking same plant and it's tough because i get it from a, a manufacturing standpoint but this is 
a plant that's not the same as all other plants. This isn't corn. If you were monocropping, maybe. But when you're dealing with multiple cultivars that have multiple characteristics, you got to treat them uniquely, you know? And I think that's a great point is like knowing the terpenes that you have, knowing the, the overall cannabinoids, you treat that plant differently. And I don't think that that's looked at from in a fine way, especially scientifically, in a lot of the grows that I've seen at least. It's only a matter of time before, you know, grandma and grandpa go to the dispensary and when they leave or even while they're searching for that next neck that next flower that they have a list of of terpenes that they're looking for you know something that's going to meet their palate something that's going to affect them in a way that they are familiar with from the last time um and and the idea of a thc and and i i do think that the numbers are relevant I really do. I don't think it's that they're just totally to be thrown to the side. There is, there is, a, there is a reason why you do get high, a little higher from a higher THC than you do from a lower THC. Um, but it's, it's, it's the, the entourage effect, as we kind of discussed earlier. It's how all of those terpenes, all of those cannabinoids are working together to give me an effect that, I, that I'm happy with. I know a lot of people always say, like, or people say that the high THC affects their anxiety. And I, I often think that I don't believe it was the THC alone that that really had an impact on your anxiety. I really feel like there was a multitude of cannabinoids that worked together to give you a bad feeling. And just to look at that THC number and say it was it was the THC, I didn't like it. I, I just think that's a detriment. But I think it's a matter of time before, you know, people are generally going to the dis dispo with a list of cannabinoids going, I, I want to try to find... Dispo some of these yeah uh, dispo with a lispo yeah that's with me with the pastios <laughs> well like you got to think about it too is the balance uh almost like a personality chart you know like what's going to go over further here and over here for one person may not mesh with the next person or what's higher in this area in this area won't work for the other person i think it really boils down to again you got to experience it and try it out i use the analogy all the time i never would recommend to take an adderall for a headache you know what I'm saying? If I was a doctor, I wouldn't be like, oh, you got pain? Here's a Dazani. It's like, nah, nah, nah. I mean, I guess, but no. It, it's the same with the plant that we're dealing with. Why would we not look at it in the sense that this particular cultivar and this particular characteristic that it has is what works best for you? This line of certain ones is best for you. I, you know, uh, I, I was going to think of it as beer, but then I wanted to use the reference as chocolate. You know, most people really enjoy chocolate. But I personally don't like dark chocolate because I find it really bitter. I don't like the taste. It's really harsh to swallow. You know, it's the exact same thing with our product. You know, there's going to be some ver varieties of that product that you're really going to enjoy. But at some point, it might be going too far in one direction that is just not that good anymore. So I, I think comparing it to ch chocolate is very similar. But I, as I said, I don't think that I do believe there's always going to be a place for THC. I don't believe there's going to be a place for CBD pillowcases, but I do think there's <laughs> going to be a place. Sorry, was that too much? Uh, there is going to be a happy medium, you know, where where you know we find we find the right information without you know following old practices, but yet not being taken away by the pseudoscience either. There is a happy medium there, and and I think we'll find it. We'll find it.
dark chocolate is the healthy chocolate. So what P is trying to say is he's prefers to be unhealthy. Yeah. <laughs> Some people do, but it's, that's where I think it, this just boils down to is it, it's yeah. preference. Is THC a determining factor for what you should be getting? Maybe if that's what it takes for you, if that's the thing that you're more into, if that's the, the key driving factor that you feel in your experience that you've had is making it better for you. Or is that kind of irrelevant? And, you know, you could do something else. I think it's just all your choice. It's all preference. Totally agree. Totally agree. Um, if there's anything then that you feel like we missed, um, particularly, you know, maybe if it comes to medical patients and, you know, we, we do know that THC does have a, a positive effect on ailments, um, you know, uh, particularly those that are suffering from like post chemo. Um, uh, I'm curious if there's anything we missed in regards to, is there a conversation around whether or not THC and CBD are the only two elements that we should be focused on? Is it all about that or is there more? And I kind of feel as if we discussed that it's, it's a multitude of a variety of elements. There's there's so many variables. I believe we have a t-shirt of that on our merch store find a link below um but uh we want to hear from you did we miss anything what do you think about thc do you find that you know you can have two of the same bags but yet to get get two very different experiences we want to hear from you we want to hear from you yeah you know and i think again with everybody's experience if you haven't had the luxury to try different types get out there and try a little bit do it in the evening when you don't have to go out and experience things with people so your anxiety's not freaking out start small work your way up but try different terpenes that you may not have been keen to smell different things and go into it with a different mentality than just you know going for the look and the thc number i mean i've never gone for the look of the food and the calorie count but some people do so it could be the same thing here so i think that it's really a focus on trying to find your best uh, approach and doing it for you because it's going to be different for everybody some person may be just like me or just like p or just like chris just like wink it just depends but not everybody's endocannabinoid system which is another conversation for another episode is the same. I feel like it just uh, it varies. A lot of not varies. everybody, not everybody likes their steak rare. You know, I sure it's, don't. Everybody likes it a little bit different. So we're curious to hear from you. If you didn't know, guys, we record these episodes live on Twitch every week, Thursdays, one p.m. Central, two Eastern, and eleven Pacific. You can come check them out. Twitch.tv/from the stash. It's a great little handle. It's easy to say. Uh, the live chat helps direct and have an impact on the conversation around here so it's great to have the assistance of you guys in the chat you guys help make me sound a lot smarter than i really am and uh we can count on you guys to always be here for us we even do a little bit of a live session after the episodes to kind of unwind and diffuse the conversation a little bit so if you haven't already twitch.tv slash from the stash we'll see you over there on thursdays oh yeah want to see us out of here i think that's about it boys well for from the stash it's your boy rob chris pigeons and wink on the ones and twos. We appreciate you guys. Thanks for the love. Stay lifted. Peace out, everyone. <laughs>